It's Thursday, September 29th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes of the Guardians uh, got back on the winning side of things last night in uh, a game that looked a lot like uh, Tuesday's series opener. Uh, had a, a rain delay, had extra innings, and and this time it was a Med Rosario coming through in the 10th inning with a, an RBI single with the bases loaded as a pinch hitter. Uh, they, they wanted to get Ahmed off of his feet. Uh, they, they, he saw one pitch and the game was over, uh, pretty much how you want to, want to draw it up there in extra innings. Uh, guardians come through, uh, you know, win uh, against Tampa Bay, uh, a, a team that, you know, the first two games of this series have been really close, really exciting games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they, you know, I was talking to Tristan McKenzie after the game, and he said they kind of he said he sees a lot of uh, the Guardians in the in the Rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that strong bullpen, and um, you know, kind of timely hitting. Uh, you know, good starting pitching. Uh, yeah, so they really, you know, they're well matched. Uh, Cleveland has the uh, the series edge three to two right now with, uh, you know, the final game uh, tonight. Yeah, I, it's really come down to the bullpens in, in both games and, and, you know, who can sort of outlast who because uh, last night uh, there, there weren't a lot of hits uh, going around. In the first game of the series, the Guardians out-hit uh, Tampa Bay but but couldn't come through with the big hit. Uh, you know, last night you got uh, Gabriel Arias hitting his first career home run. Uh, that that sort of tied the game up. That was kind of unexpected. And then, uh, you know, really the the bullpens battled it out there until uh, the 10th inning when a kind of a questionable decision, I think, uh, Kevin Cash made when he issued uh, an intentional walk to Andres Jimenez to, to lead off the, the bottom of the 10th. You know, the, the, the game-winning run was already at second base, but that just you know, put Arias in a position where he could get down a sacrifice bunt. Uh, they, they walked, uh, uh, there were, there was an intentional walk to Will Brennan and, and that pretty much forced, uh, Tito's hand to, to send Ahmed Rosario up there in a pinch hitting role. And, and he winds up winning it. Yeah. I was surprised. I don't know what the, the strategy was to, I know I obviously wanted to face Arias there, rookie, in that situation, maybe try to get him to hit into a double play I, I, or, yeah. you know, and uh, maybe he didn't think uh, the kid could bunt or that Tito would be, put the bunt play on, but it worked to perfection. I mean, he bunts, advance the runners, Brennan gets walked intentionally and, and Rosario one pitch, like you said, and the game is over. Yeah, I, I think maybe it was a case of Tito zigging when uh, Cash thought he was going to zag. I think the two of them know each other so much and, and know each other so well. I bet you Cash was sitting back in that dugout going, "Well, Tito will never bunt with uh, with the rookie at the plate." He, he and maybe he thought he could he could catch the uh, Arias being aggressive, having already hit a home run in the in in the game previously. But but Arias said, you know, the call came from the bench, came from Tito uh, to bunt, and he he executed. Got to give him credit for for executing in that situation because. How many times have we seen over the last three, four years, uh, you know, young guys in the in in Cleveland's lineup not being able to execute in that situation? Yeah, definitely. And you know, he he hit the home run in the third inning to start the third. Then he struck out the next two times. So maybe that's what 
you know, what Kevin Cash was looking at. That was maybe that's what he was counting at. You know, a, a rookie being over aggressive, either to strike out or or kind of hit into a double play there. Yeah, it's uh, the 28th win in the last at bat for for this Guardians club. That's a new uh, franchise record for a season, uh, single season. It was their seventh walk-off uh, plate appearance. Uh, the third consecutive walk-off plate appearance for uh, Ahmed Rosario. He's got the, the, the Guardians' last three walk-offs. Uh, and most recently before that, I think September 17th, he had one. So, yeah, it, it worked out kind of. That, that, that last bottom of the 10th inning sort of uh, came really quickly. Uh, you, you got to see Emmanuel Class A again. Are you, are you worried that Class A pitching that ninth inning uh, are, are they overworking him? Is this guy's arm's going to fall off? Uh, I, I swear. <laughs> uh, I, I really thought that they were going to try and rest him uh, over these these last uh, this last homestand. Uh, but you saw Class A in the ninth. You saw Karinchak in the tenth, and then Tito made the comment afterwards. Karinchak's kind of the guy you're you're sort of built for that uh, extra innings with the runner on base because when you need a guy who can strike a guy out and and miss bats, uh, that's Karinchak coming out of the pen in extra innings. Yeah, definitely. He he showed that uh, last season. He showed that ability last season, and he's shown it again right now, Joni. I think he's got much better control this time around than than last season when he you know, tended to struggle a bit. But yeah, with the guy in second base, what he strikes he strikes out the side, three swing and strikes, uh, you know, and he freezes that guy at second base. So yeah, that's 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 a pretty good weapon to have under these rules. Yeah, we, we, we you know, uh, so much of, of last night's game mirrored what went on on Tuesday. There was a, a little bit more of a rain delay this time. It was about an hour uh, or, or more. Um, uh, Tuesday's was only about 23 minutes. Uh, talking to Curtis Danberg, uh, you know, late in the game last night, he came over, he said, you know, maybe they maybe they pulled the trigger on, on putting the tarp on the field Tuesday uh, a little bit too early. And maybe Wednesday they they waited a little too long, thinking the the weather was going to pass over, and they didn't put the the tarp on fast enough. So it it took them a little while longer to get the field back in shape to 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 restart the game. Uh, it's it's just nothing new, nothing uncommon with this this Guardians team this year to to be dealing with weather and and long delays. But uh, you know we said that they were able to, to come through and, and, and perform after the delay and, and still get out there and get after it. Yeah. Um, you know what? 11 double headers, Joe. I mean, 10 of them caused by rain delays, one by COVID. I mean, this is a team that's kind of, you know, they're, they're mutters, man. They, 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 <laughs> they, I guess they like it when it rains and, you know, they go into extra innings again for the second straight night. Uh, they're 13 and five in extra innings this year. Uh, and they're playing a team in uh, Tampa Bay that that leads all of baseball with, I think, 20 extra inning games. So, you know, these two teams are kind of neck and neck right now. Yeah, and the similarities are there. They're, they're sort of built the same way, uh, you know, relying on that good, strong bullpen to, to sort of extend games and keep close games close and, and you know, come through with those big hits at the at the end. Uh, we saw there was a stretch in late in that game where uh, the Tampa's bullpen had struck out what seven consecutive Guardians hitters before Stephen Kwan? Of course, Stephen Kwan uh, came through and 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 got a base hit and and started you know started churning with the offense again, uh, giving them opportunities. But you know, this is we've seen this offense, this Guardians offense, 
sort of run away and hide a little bit uh, at times during games when it's when it's not the, the most opportune moment to do so. Uh, we're, we're getting into, you know, the end of the season with the, the, the wildcard playoffs are coming up. Uh, they can't be doing this at, at big moments now uh, for the rest of the season. And I think these last, you know, what, six, seven games, uh, they, they need to, to, to sort of maintain that intensity so that, you know, when the when the playoffs start on October 7th, uh, they're not sort of getting caught flat-footed. Yeah, I think, you know, Tampa Bay kind of r- presents a pretty unique challenge because, you know, we've seen what? They used nine pitchers uh, in in uh, Tuesday's game, and they used, what, uh, just eight, maybe eight or nine <laughs> yesterday, I mean, uh, last night. And, you know, it seems like, you know, some a lot of teams, you know, they'll, they'll try to extend at least one or two of their relievers to, you know, a, an inning plus. But, you know, Cash doesn't do that. He just runs out, you know, like nine straight guys every different inning. So you're getting a different look. And I think it's really it makes it really tough on on the hitters to adjust. You know, you never mm-hmm. see this same guy, same guy twice. So except for the starter and sometimes the starters only in there for three, three or four innings. So, you know, that 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 formula has really has has worked well for Tampa Bay. And I think that's one of the reasons we haven't seen, you know, we didn't see a lot of offense last night, but you know, the night before they got 14 hits, but they didn't put, you know, they couldn't get the big hit. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, the way cash uses his bullpen, it's, 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 it's pretty unique. And it, it, you're right. Uh, they, they don't, there, there's no continuity. There's, there's no, like from at bat to a bat hitters aren't really, getting aren't able to settle in and you know know what to expect uh i i i wonder if tito's gonna adopt some of that because in we've seen in the past that that tito's open to ideas about different ways to use his bullpen uh you know you talk about not necessarily extending a guy we saw uh eli morgan uh got up and down yesterday i i believe he was in for uh more than more than an inning i i think he he got uh of work but he did get the biggest out of the game uh, after they came back from the uh, the rain delay with Jose Siri at the plate and the bases loaded. He got the uh, the ground ball double play to to sort of get out of da- uh, any sort of trouble without a run scoring. Yeah, he went one and two thirds, Joe. That's a good call, and uh, it was a great double play, by the way. <laughs> Tyler Freeman to uh, to uh, Andres Jimenez, just really well turned. I mean, it was a great. Great stop by uh, Freeman. Great feed by Freeman, and a really, really nice turn by Jimenez. So, what is this uh, setup for this this final game of the series tonight? Uh, Cal Quantrill uh, will be on the mound, and uh, you know we'll, we'll get you know we'll probably get one more start after this. Uh, we've seen in the first two games, uh, Tito has gone uh, maybe just a, a little bit, slightly a little bit shorter with Bieber and. Uh, McKenzie, I think in both games, he said the starter wanted to go back out, could have gone back out for another inning, but he decided at around 90 pitches in, in both instances, I think, uh, to, to sort of cut him short. Uh, you know, that, that's got to be with an eye towards, you know, an, an increased workload in the in the playoffs. Uh, I expect the same out of Quantrill. I mean, he's a guy who gives you six, seven innings pretty much every start anyways. Uh, he... I don't expect him to go over 100 pitches in this game. No, I, I wouldn't expect that either, Joe. I mean, this is a guy that 
you know, he's he's four, he's won 14 games. But, you know, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, Bieber and McKenzie, uh, they, they pitched six innings, uh, you know, six innings each in the first two games of this series. I would think Quantrill would, would go about the same. I mean, this guy, what, has he got a 10-game winning streak, 10-start winning streak, I, I should say. Hasn't been beaten, has never lost at Progressive Field. So, you know, you got a pretty, it's a pretty good bet that, you know, you're going to ride him for for at least six i don't think uh but you're, you're not going to overextend him not with you know the possibility that you know he's going to pitch maybe what game three perhaps in the yeah. wild card series that that's how it lines up if if everything stays on course in terms of uh you know no rainouts or, or postponements or anything like that uh yeah it, it'd be interesting to see how that goes and uh you know this this while these games right now, Tito even said yesterday that these games are sort of cosmetic right now, but they're still playing to win. They're still he he wants to to keep the intensity where it's been, just so that when the playoffs start, you, you don't have to push the button, you don't have to flip the switch because that switch is already flipped, and you you just keep going and keep playing the right way, the way that's that basically uh, got you to steamroll to this division title. Yeah, I think that's right. Maybe and that's maybe that's why. He, we've seen Class A the last two nights. You know, you want to, you know, you want to keep uh, the integrity of the league. I know that sounds trite, but you keep the integrity of the league, of the game, uh, you know, intact by using your best guys against contenders. And uh, hopefully, you know, when, uh, you know, after this this last game against the, the Rays, and then when uh, Kansas City comes to town for six games, you know, you can use uh, Class A a little, little more judiciously. What did uh, Arias's performance last night show, uh, if anything, show Tito? I mean, Tito's fond of saying things like, you know, this one game isn't going to define your career or anything like that. But that's usually after a pitcher has a bad game. Uh, he said it after Arias hit a, a 403-foot home run. Uh, and uh, the story about how uh, his uh, his um, home run ball got back to him, also pretty pretty interesting. Just the, the night for Arias, what would you make of it? Yeah, I, I thought it was it was good. You know, we we've seen we've heard about his power. You know, we've seen it in spring training. You know, he what he hit 13 home runs in, in at Columbus this past season. You know, of course, a broken hand kind of got you know kind of derailed his season a bit. So we haven't really seen you know like a full a full season from this guy. But you know, we, well, we did last year, and and he and he was certainly impressive. So you know, I think that's it was you know it was kind of a teaser you know it goes okay this guy does have some pop you know we, we saw it um you know it translated to the big leagues we've seen him play decent uh you know defense and you know we saw you know his ability to adjust and uh you know get a bunt down too in, in a critical situation so i think all of those are you know big things you know i i, I don't think uh the home run is is this guy going to hit, you know, is he going to hit five home runs in the last uh, seven games? Probably not, but it's got to help him. And I think, uh, you know, probably uh, just confirms what the scouting reports have said about him. You know, the other, the other nice thing that uh, we saw with, with Arias there, uh, you know, there's a photo, I believe, Andre uh, not posted, of uh, Ahmed Rosario and Jose Ramirez sort of at the end of the Guardians dugout uh, coaching and talking and teaching and showing Arias, you know, not just, uh, you know, plays from that specific game, but how to be a big leaguer and, you know, what to do and where to go. And he, uh, Arias said after the game, 
Uh, you know, those conversations go all the way back to spring training where the two of them sort of have, you know, taken him under the under their wing and and shown him. And, and this is a guy who ostensibly is is there to take Ahmed Rosario's job. Eventually, uh, you know, they, they want him to be the shortstop. It, it, all indications would be that. But for them to, you know, sort of be training their their replacement in in, in some ways. Uh, it shows a lot about the, the leadership that they have. You know, they've done that with Arias. They've done that with uh, Oscar Gonzalez this year. Uh, that, that, that They've sort of, you know, the young Latin players, when they come up uh, of this group of 16 debuts this year, uh, those are the guys that they sort of gravitate towards in the clubhouse. And it's it's really worked so far. That These guys have just stepped in seamlessly. And for Arias to be the guy who's, you know, the heir apparent and still be getting treated you know, it wouldn't be out of the, the realm of possibilities that these veterans would just give them the cold shoulder and say, no, you know, learn it for yourself, rookie. Uh, but that's not the case. That's not who Ahmed Rosario and Jose Ramirez have been and who they continue to be in this clubhouse. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And uh, I think it's a reflection of probably the whole, uh, you know, the coaching staff and and Frank Kona, you know, that, that, that's, that kind of stuff, you know, kind of rolls downhill. And uh, but it's it's always nice to see veterans taking care of uh, the rookies and just kind of, you know, point them in the right direction, telling them the do's and don'ts of of being a big leaguer. And I guess that's what we're seeing, you know. Yeah, it makes it easier to give them the uh, the old beer shower afterwards as well <laughs> uh, in the uh, in, in, in the shower in the clubhouse after the game, after you hit that first home run. Uh, the, the the funny part about hitting that first home run he hit it so hard off the back of the bleachers that it bounced back onto the field. And we're all sitting in the, in, in the, uh, the press box, you know, making that hand motion uh, with the, almost like a, a C with your right hand, you're know, waving it in the air. Hey, we need the ball. We need the ball. Uh, you know, Bart Swain and the, the guys from the, the, the uh, guardians PR were, were sort of sending mental messages down to the field <laughs> and the, uh, the, the ball's laying in left field in between Randy Rosarina and the ball boy. The ball boy goes out, picks it up, and just when you thought he was going to turn and, and, and take it back to the dugout, he flipped it to a Rosarina. A Rosarina throws it up into the stands, and now you've got all sorts of problems because the ushers have to go find the, the, the fans who got the ball, and then you have to start negotiating with them uh, uh, about what a, a fair exchange was. And then we find out that uh, you know they want a, a, a signed bat from Arias, and Arias can't do that because he's got certain, you know, contract with his, his, the company that supplies his bats. So he can't do that. So uh, they wound up giving him what uh, in exchange for the, the home run ball? They, uh, they wanted an Andres uh, Jimenez autograph hat and an Andres Jimenez autograph baseball. And they got four tickets uh, for a game next year. Well, that, so, I'd, say, I'd say that's a pretty good uh uh, I'd say the fan made out pretty, pretty well. Yeah, that was instead of the bat. You know, I, I, a bat would be nice, but you know, what are you going to do? You're going to hang a bat on the wall or something? I, I don't know. You, you get a hat, you get a ball, and you get you get to come back and and maybe see Arias hit another home run next year. Yeah, that's not bad. They they negotiated well. Now, uh, now that's that's pretty good. Uh, they, they made out pretty nice compared to the guy in Toronto who came inches away from catching. <laughs> Aaron Judge's 61st home run that was hit last night. And I think we were all watching it on the, the, the scoreboard during the rain delay in Cleveland 
they they put judges at bat up on the scoreboard and uh the the fans in left field uh one of them in a in a Yankees jersey one of them in a uh, Blue Jays jersey and the ball hit the uh, the wall just below where they were sitting. They couldn't reach over and catch it. I think both of them had gloves on. Hoinsey, what's your what's your official position on should adult men wear baseball gloves to try and catch balls at a at a baseball game? <laughs> I I'm not sure, Joe. I don't. I oh don't. come on, no, take I, a stand. Yes or no? Yes yeah. or would you ever wear a glove to a ball game? No. No, I okay. Would not. If you would do it, then. I'm ducking if a ball comes near me. I have seen, I have seen you. You don't even flinch. Balls <laughs> come back in the press box, and uh, in fact, uh, last homestand, ball almost, almost clobbered you in the head. You didn't even flinch. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, have yeah. that. I have that ball sitting on my desk right now because we uh, we collected it with a dustpan after it was, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it stopped on the ledge there, but. Uh, how many times in your career have you almost gotten nailed by foul balls? Uh, there's been a lot. I, I the old press box in Cle- at Cleveland Stadium was notorious for that. You were right on top of home plate, and that was that was dangerous. I was up there with uh, Rush Snyder once, and we both ducked. We ducked the same way, and, and Russ got hit in the head with oh, with, with, the, with the foul ball. So yeah, it's uh yeah I I. I, I make sure the computer screen is down, and then I scramble, man. I'm getting out of the way. Well, I've, I've heard that Baltimore's press box is pretty close, and that's dangerous. Uh, in Minnesota, during the last uh, road trip, uh, former intern from uh, with, uh, with Cleveland, uh, Nina Zimmerman, who works in the PR department in Minnesota, uh, she got out of the way of a foul ball that came screaming back. It hit the wall behind her and actually broke the wall, left a left a, a dent in the wall behind her. Uh, we were all kind of shaken up by that because if she hadn't moved, she would have been uh, in some some serious trouble. Uh, but as far as wearing a glove to a game, I, I think if you're in a hot zone, uh, it, like now that they have the netting up, I don't think y- you can use the excuse of protecting yourself. Uh, if you're far enough away where you're in the outfield, uh, you know, you got to try and catch with 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 your bare hands. I, I, I I've caught I, I caught a home run, uh, a foul home run ball uh, from Robbie Alomar in what 1993 at the oh, yeah? stadium. Caught it, and caught it with my bare hands. So, yeah, I mean, if I can hit that, if I can catch that barehanded, I think uh, th- there's no excuse for wearing a glove. But my my favorite part of that was the reaction of this guy knowing that the judge's 61st home run. Uh, ball would have been probably worth something to somebody. I, I think the offer is out there for the 62nd ball would be like two million to any Oof. fan who catches it. Uh, but and I'd seen that uh, on Twitter somewhere. But you know the 61st ball that just tied the record, so I don't I don't think it would be worth as much. But the guy knew that he had missed out on a payday, and he sort of visibly pouted for the rest of the night. You know, <laughs> you know, throwing his hat and you know slamming his glove all over the place. It was. Uh, it, it, kind of fun to watch, uh, you know, fans in other cities get frustrated like that. <laughs> that that you're right, Joe. That was a big payday, one way or the other. The, those collectors that would really, they'd be paying a lot of money for that, for sure. Well, uh, I, I would tell you this: if Zach Hempel uh, was standing next to me and caught Judge's second sixty-second uh, home run ball, I would just immediately punch him in the nose and take the ball. That's that. That's just. <laughs> That guy ripping balls from like, you know, 12 year old girls, I, I think is uh, 
is a uh, an abomination that that should not be tolerated in baseball. Uh, I, I think uh, the the ushers at uh, Yankee Stadium are are like on alert for the guy and, and told not to not to let him you know act like that uh, for you know just for the good of the game because it's not a good look. Uh, Zach Hempel, obviously the the notorious uh, baseball uh, collector and 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 thief in a lot of uh, in a lot of situations. All right, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will catch you again tomorrow.